It is good to have you here today, so welcome. I don't want to take long. Our, our chapel speaker today is the Reverend Dr. Gabriel Saguero. Uh, sophomores, juniors, seniors, all of you know Gabriel. Freshman class, he's usually here every year. Uh, he's a dear friend of this college. He was our commencement speaker uh, this past spring. He's the p- pastor of uh, Manhattan Lambs Church of the Nazarene. He's the president of National uh, Latino Evangelical Coalition and a uh, good friend of this college. And he has brought his good friend, Herson Gonzalez, and friends are going to be leading us in worship today. And there will also be a lecture this afternoon, and I I know it's the beginning of a three-day weekend, but uh, uh, Dr. Salguero will be giving a lecture this afternoon on the unaccompanied minors at the border issue. Uh, That will be a lecture today in Schrader Hall at 2.15. There is chapel credit available for that, Um, but uh, regardless of that, you'll want to be there uh, for the lecture. One prayer request, and then we'll get started, and I'll turn it over to to Herson and Dr. Salguero. So we showed the video on Wednesday of our partnership on Boston's Long Island Shelter. And a few hours, obviously, after we announced the fact of the new uh, relationship and all the programming we're going to do out on Long Island, uh, as you may have heard, Long Island uh, Homeless Shelter has shut down and all programming. So as we're beginning chapel, I just ask for your attention as uh, we're about to go to prayer. Uh, We also want want to make sure we're keeping Long Island Shelter in our prayers. Uh, There are over 600 people that are displaced so if you imagine if you're fighting to come out of homelessness, fighting to overcome drug addiction, uh, working towards coming back into society after coming out of prison, now you're being displaced again. Uh, temporary shelters all over Boston. So we want to remember them. I did get one quick email from the volunteer coordinator saying, please know our partnership with ENC is only temporarily on hold. So they will be calling in the next week or two to explain how we can help in this. It is a crisis situation for the homeless of Boston, especially with winter approaching. So we want to remember our friends uh, and uh, those we care for out on Long Island. Will you please stand as we go to the Lord in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of another day to worship you through song, through prayer, through hearing of your word. We pray your blessing now upon this time and this day. May we be faithful with all that you've given us, with all that we do. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We pray these things now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. I just, I was really enjoying Hershon and Jesse and Jazz and the whole group singing How Great Is Our God in Vasanova. And um, trying to see Corey uh, clap to the rhythm. It was just... um, I, was, I knew miracles happened, but not today. Hershon <laughs> um, and I have been friends for a long time, as also Jesse, and, and they are a blessing. They, they live in, well, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. They're all, they're, all, they're all over the place, and I called him to come to ENC, and he's good friends with Corey, and, and they decided to, to come, and we're always glad to, uh, to be here. You may be seated. I love that even in the midst of worship, Hershon had that, that daddy moment, right? He's like, I'm a dad. <laughs> Everybody's like, what is he doing? But anybody who, who's a father or knows that he's going to text that to his wife and say, oh, how proud I am of my son. And because fundamentally, we are profoundly defined by relationships. In the Western culture, it's a fascinating thing. Uh, let me say that. In Western cultures, because it's not a monolith. It's a fascinating thing. That when you are introduced to a person, particularly in the global north, in North America, in the United States, 
hey, how are you? What's your name? And, you know, if, if they're Spanish, they have about eight names. <laughs> Gabriel Alexis Salguero Atacio Echevarria Ramon Rivera. <laughs> yes. That's just my first name. But usually in, in, in much of the global north and western cultures, the second question has very little to do with the first question. And the second question is usually, what, what do you do for a living? And somehow, in that introduction, in that prolegomenon, in that preface, we tie who the person is with what they do for a living. In the culture where I grew up, the second question is not usually, what do you do for a living? Because our understandings of human worth and vocation is part of human worth and vocation is important. I've read the books about vocation and identity and I don't want to minimize that. But that's not the second question. The second question is, ¿De quién tú eres hijo? Whose kid are you? Translated into English, who's your mama? Because before vocation, somehow in the, some of the cultures that we grew, grew up in, relationality is more defining than vocation. If I may, I think that's profoundly Christian. In Western culture... Those of you who took that intro to philosophy class were introduced to the Cartesian dictum, cogito ergo sum, I think, therefore I am. And humanity is defined, your, your worth is based on your rationality, what you think, your intellect, right? But really, if we were really to define, and that is a part of who you are, that I don't want to minimize that, the way Christians under, define human understanding is relatio ergo sum. I'm in relationship, therefore I am. Because God is the eternal relator. God is always relating to God's self. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God is about relationships. Right? Put it in, in a good Spanish word, familia. God is about familia. Dr. King would call it the beloved community. Others call it the interconnectedness of human society, the interstitial nature that we are all related, that what happens to you matters to me and somehow impacts who I am, who my children are, that we're all in this together, that we either will learn to all swim together or sink together. Give three people a high five and say we're in this together. And so, Corey told me that for the last semester you have been talking about community and relationships. And you've been talking about the book of Hebrews. So let me underline some things that are, I've been wrestling with about relationships and health. Relationships and justice. I'm reading from the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter. 
It's a very famous text if you grew up in the church. If you didn't grow up in the church, you'll hear it for the first time. It's worth a hearing with fresh ears. Por lo tanto, hermanos y hermanas, porque nosotros estamos rodeados por gran nube de testigos, despojémonos de cada obstáculo de pecado que tan fácilmente nos asedia. Therefore, sisters and brothers, because we are all surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked before us. And let's put our eyes firmly on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, and this cross was shameful. And even though it was shameful in the eyes of humanity, God sat Jesus at his right hand. Consider that if Jesus endured this opposition, this hostility, this adversity for sinful folks, then, sisters and brothers, do not grow weary and do not lose heart in your struggle against sin and oppression. I'm a little concerned with some of the responses to the Ebola crisis. With patterns of them against us. Let's build a fence. Let's not let them in. There is no them and there is no us. There's just us. Just us. And while we must be cautious and we need to control the spread of diseases that has about a 48% mortality rate, we cannot run away from our sisters and brothers in Sierra Leone, Liberia, and other parts of Africa. Because their death is our death. I'm a little concerned that from January to August of this year, 52,000 children, not counting children who came with their parents, just children unaccompanied, came from Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador. In the political vernacular, they're called UACs, unaccompanied alien children. In biblical language, they're called children created in the image and likeness of God. In the Imago Day, And I'm concerned that much of the press around their arrival talks about them being carrying diseases and being a detriment to our society. And a few months, well, a few months ago I was on CNN and, and I, there was a counter panelist. They, they thought I was there to argue with them. I was there to love on them. Because if you love your enemy, she's no longer your enemy. And I said, screaming at busloads of children and women who are defenseless cannot be the Christian response to how we welcome the stranger. And after I said that, I got a, love, a lot of emails and lovely notices about everything that's wrong with me as a Christian. The work of peace and justice 
is nothing more and nothing less than love of right relationships. So when people talk abstractly about justice and advocacy and all of the good things about anti-human trafficking and about immigration reform and about stopping the pimping of young men and women and about economic equity and about educational equity, all of those things are manifestation of a deeper commitment. Love of right relationships. Dr. King said, Justice is just love manifest in concrete relationships. So when they, when they ask me, Pastor, why don't you speak to us about justice? I say the whole gospel is about justice. The whole New Testament and the Old Testament is about justice. The Bible says that God sits on a throne of justice, that in his right hand is a scepter of justice. It's translated by some as righteousness, but righteousness and relationships is justice. Righteousness in your comportment is holiness. So when I'm talking about justice, it is not like a footnote, a side note, something that we do in addendum to the gospel. It is at the core of the gospel. Because you cannot love people and not not advocate for their justice. You can't say I love you, but I don't care if you're going hungry. You can't say I love you, but I don't care that there's a 48 percent mortality rate in your part of the world. Because if you do, you don't have a biblical understanding of love. You have a Tina Turner understanding of love. You know the song. What's love got to do? Y'all young. Y'all don't know. This group over here. The professors know. What's love but a secondhand emotion? I wasn't going to sing, but Hershen was here. And my concern about love in the postmodern, late modern, transmodern, I don't have time to discuss the definitions today. Is that somehow somebody told you that love is a feeling? That's such a superficial, myopic understanding of love. Love is not a soft emotion, love is a decision, a decision that produces action. Because I love you, I give, I surrender, I sacrifice, I tell you the truth, even though it may be hard to hear. For God so loved the world that God gave. If you love, you must give. If you love, you must do something. And love is not just, I like you, girl. I love you like a love song, baby. Love you like a love song, baby. Oh, y'all don't know that, y'all. No, love is understanding that we are surrounded por una gran nube de testigos, a great cloud of witnesses. Love is a race where you run with a baton and make sure the person you give to the baton to starts out further than where you started. Love without justice is nothing. And justice without love is just self-aggrandizement. So some of us, look, the work of justice is faddish now. The Twitterati eat it up. It's trending. You familiar with Twitterati? People who tweet all the time, they're the Twitterati. 
I didn't say they were tweets. I said they were Twitterati. We don't do things because they're faddish. Because fads come and go. You do things because you love people. And when you love, it is the gas to keep you going. Jesus, because of the joy and the love set before him, he endured the cross. When you love somebody, you're willing to go to the death with them. To go the extra mile. When it's a fad, when it becomes unpopular, you leave it. When it's cool, when it's no longer cool, you move to the next thing. It's like TV channels. You get bored with things, you quit next thing. We all suffer from technological ADD. Right? That's why we can see a thousand posts in 30 seconds. And think we have digested profundity. And we're really a mile wide and an inch deep. Because we don't sit. Love requires incarnation. Love requires you living with people. Love requires you to be like the prophet Ezekiel. To go down by the river Chibar. And sit and sing and cry with people. Love is a race that is not a sprint. I like you too. It's a marathon. So when I hear that we have 60,000 kids here coming, fleeing La Mara Salvatrucha in Honduras, in Guatemala, in El Salvador, when people see a crisis and instead of running to the crisis or running away from the crisis, I think we have a love deficit. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace should abound even more. But love is not easy. Love is not a one-night stand. To build genuine community, the Native Americans said, to understand a person, you must walk two miles in his or her moccasins. And so, I come to you because I am a slave of love. Enamorado de Jesús, enamorado, enamorado de Jesús, Enamorado. And every time I see a person who's broken, I see Jesus. So the book of Hebrews is a fascinating thing. And I, and I want to close with this. The writer, whoever he or she was, the Bible doesn't tell you. It's probably a he because it was a male dominated society. Things have changed. Praise the Lord was writing, that was a good chance for you, sister, to say, oh, yeah. You blew it. I'll get you next time. The writer of the book of Hebrews is writing to a persecuted community. The fascinating thing about the book of Hebrews is that these people are persecuted, and he's talking about the power of community. It's fascinating how comfort sometimes alienates us from the power of relationships. Why should I give that up? It's mine. The writer of scripture says, what do we have that we have not received from God's hands? We're just stewards. We're just, they're, they're borrow, we're borrowing stuff. And it is a persecuted community. They are under stress. 
They are being dispersed through all of ancient Asia Minor, modern day Turkey. And the writer is saying to them, in the midst of your persecution, things are bad. I want to teach you the secret about relationships. This works in every relationship. If you're married, if you have, if you're a son or a daughter, a mom or a dad, a coworker, the secret of relationships is that it is grounded in love that sacrifices. It is grounded in love that takes up a cross, that is willing to give up stuff. Jesus had this funny way of saying it. Whoever loses their life shall win it. So, Nalek, our church, we're doing, we're doing these projects to try to help children. We're tr- doing this project around immigration reform. We're doing an, another project around educational equity. And it is costing us stuff. A lot of stuff. And the other day I was at a, at a board meeting. And one of the leaders of that board meeting said to me, Gabriel, ¿por qué nosotros estamos haciendo esto? Cuesta mucho. Gabe, why are we doing this? It costs too much. I said, because if I'm going to have love, I'm not going to have it cheap. For the joy of community. For the joy of relationships. Christian love is profoundly cruciform. It is profoundly shaped in the way of the cross. Christians don't know love without a cross shape. And so, I'm going to ask you, I'm asking you, do you know love? Have you experienced love? Have you shared love? And if you know love, it should produce love. Who are you fighting for? Who are you speaking with? ¿Por qué estamos aquí si no es para sanar y restaurar gente? Why are we here? Why are we here? If it's not to heal and restore people and relationships. Henry Nouwen once said, I'm paraphrasing, not quoting. If you talk about the world without love, you talk about chaos. I want to pray with you this morning. Will you bow every head, shut every eye? I am praying for a generation who's willing to endure stuff because of love. I am praying for a generation who's willing to run marathons because of love. Not because it gets you in the paper. Not because it makes you popular. Not because it's the in thing. Simply because God loved you first. And that has produced love in you for others. And not others that look like you. Not others that talk to you. Not others in your tax bracket. Others whom you love simply because they were created in the image of likeness of God. One of the fundamental flaws of Marxist political theory is that it claims a universal brotherhood while abolishing a universal fatherhood. We cannot all be brothers and sisters if we don't all have the same parent. I want you to look at me and I want you to remember, I am your Puerto Rican brother. Good looking, I should say, 
Puerto Rican brother. And every time you see somebody cleaning the streets, every time you see a blog post or a news media about those people or them or those kids, I want you to remember they're talking about you, your sister, your brother. They are the great cloud of witnesses calling to us. Would be because of love advocate for justice. Dios, yo oro en esta tarde. God, I pray this afternoon. That we understand that at the core of love is destroying those things that shatter relationship. That at the core of the gospel of Jesus Christ is calling down the justice of God, the equity of God, the mercy of God, and the grace of God. God, through your Holy Spirit and through the power of your Son, would you raise up a mighty army of men, women, young people who are boundary crossers and marathon runners. And that the gas that makes them run this race is love. For now, endure these three things. Faith. Hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. Empower us through your Holy Spirit to run the race for this great cloud of witnesses persecuted all over the, the world, displaced all over the world, that we would be a beacon of hope, justice, and love. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says. Enamorado de Jesús. Enamorado. 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 Enamorado de Jesús, enamorado, enamorado de Jesús, enamorado de Jesús, enamorado, enamorado de Jesús, enamorado de enamorado de pues en mi corazón llevo escrito. Jesucristo de Nazar, enamorado de Jesús, 